Welcome to the Big Texas Podcast presented by Texas Young Republicans. I am your host, Jordan Overturf. It is game day in New Hampshire. We are one week out from the start of early voting here in Texas. And boy, am I getting excited. I I love this time of an election cycle. Uh, campaigns are running feverishly. No one's sleeping. Volunteers are starting to get organized. Polling places are going to uh, start coming online. And uh, we are going to see exactly what the field looks like in Texas. Primary races all over the place. Um, we have been trying to keep up with as many candidates as possible, and we've got another one uh, for you today. Her name is Janai Hales. She is running an HD 49 in the primary to take on, in November, Gina Hinojosa, uh, who is a two- or three-term incumbent in the Texas House. Uh, I had a great time talking to Janai about, you know, a lot of the issues that voters here in Austin proper are struggling with. Uh, the homelessness crisis is certainly something that we've seen uh, take shape on Twitter as the governor and Steve Adler, the mayor of Austin, get into a back and forth about it. Uh, recent violence upticks, a report in the Austin American Statesman just uh, came out, I believe, yesterday, uh, highlighting that incidences of attacks surrounding homeless individuals living here in Austin have gone up in the last year, and it uh, shows a greater uh, trend uh, going upwards, going back the past few years. So uh, clearly this is an issue that the city of Austin has let fester and get to a, uh, a real action point for the legislature. Uh, Governor Abbott has said that he will call on the legislature in 2021 to take on this issue. Um, as well as the issue of bail reform. So uh, we are starting to see that as the election cycle gets rolling, a lot of these uh, local issues are starting to come up and uh, we're starting to see 2021 take shape in terms of what the legislature will be doing outside of the redistricting process. But we got plenty of time to talk about that down the road. Right now, I'm going to get out of the way and let Miss Janai Hales uh, tell you a bit about herself and explain uh, why she is going to be able to take on Gina Hinojosa in November. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Miss Janai Hales. I am really intrigued by this race because you are taking on a Democrat seat that, I mean, is in the heart of Texas liberalism. Would you agree with that? I, to a certain degree, I would, but not completely. Um, Austin's changing I'm a lot. I, I live downtown and I've been in Austin since 2012 owned a business downtown since 2012. And it's, it's certainly, we're, we're getting a lot of people that move into this state. Not all of them are from California. Not all of them are from liberal areas. And I don't think it's ever going to change if nobody ever gets in the game. And what I mean by that is I look back as far as 2008 and this, has either been unopposed or challenged by a libertarian. 
there hasn't been a Republican in the race. I can't even find going far back. So we are never going to change anything if we don't get in the game and at least try. Maybe, you know what, I certainly hope to win and I will try to win. But if I don't win, I will keep trying. And if we maybe if we just keep chipping away, we can win at some point in time. But if we never try, we'll never win. So uh, obviously you've lived in this this district for a while. Have you been uh, surprised at the number of Republicans you've interacted with or are and what is their response when you tell them you're in the race, you are in the game, you are challenging a, you know, long unchallenged Democrat seat? I have actually been quite surprised. You know, there are so many closet Republicans down here. And it baffles my mind because I don't understand why anybody needs to whisper about their political affiliation. But I will literally say to people, yes, hi, I'm running for House District 49 as a, as a conservative, as a Republican. And so many times people will whisper in my ear, I'm a Republican. And I'm wondering, why is this a secret? So, uh, yes, and... Yeah, I mean, the left has a pretty vote, a pretty rough uh, response to conservatives, especially as we've seen of late. But I get it. I get it being tough uh, for those folks uh, to to shout it loud and proud. Uh, it, it, the vitriol from the left has been tough. Um, have you seen much of that as you're out there campaigning in this district? No, I haven't uh, seen anything... Really, I've only had a couple people that have really challenged their Democrats and they've really challenged uh, me being a Republican. And you, someone that I, I won't mention his name, but he is as far left as they get. And we had many, many conversations because I know him well. And literally today he came up to me to ask me how my campaign was going. And I told him how things were going. And he, he said to me, I've never voted for a Republican, but I'm going to vote for you. And I was stunned because I've never asked for someone's vote that has such differing opinions than me. But to hear that, it really gives me a lot of hope because I'm, I'm in the middle. I'm not a far right conservative and really that's what that district needs if if i was far to the right i would not even have a chance at this and i think most people see me as being very reasonable and fair-minded and it doesn't put them off when i do have in-depth conversations about my positions on things where i'm coming from and what I see wrong. And, and I haven't had one person flat out tell me they, they wouldn't consider me yet. Not yet. Well, it seems like you've gone a long way to establish relationships uh, in the community. And that is, appears to be paying off for you to have someone who uh, you know, to be, uh, you know, as far left leaning as possible on the political spectrum, but be willing to vote for you. Uh, for people who don't know your story, though, I, d I dug down a little bit, Janai, just to uh, get ready for this interview. And, you know, you have a pretty compelling story that isn't 
too different from a lot of Texas women. Uh, could you take us through that briefly? Sure. Um, I've always been a conservative woman, but uh, I lived my, my first experience in Texas. I lived on the, I lived in McAllen on the border and uh, I came from North Carolina originally. And uh, my, my life's been pretty profoundly impacted by what I would consider poor political decisions. What do I mean by that? You know, in 1990, my sister was raped and murdered by Cuban refugees that President Carter allowed to stay in this country knowing they were hardened criminals. Three years later, I found myself living on the border and woke up to an intruder sitting down next to my bed staring at me and proceeded to try to rape me. Uh, I managed to escape, and uh, that's when I bought my first gun. And I will always, always be a proponent of the Second Amendment. Always. And, you know, my story goes on, and I've been a business owner for 20 years, just not liking policies that many politicians have put in place that literally don't make any sense. And and then finally getting cancer in 2018, that's when I kind of got really fed up, and I decided to run for office. I said, if I get through this, and I did, I will run for office because I really was at how faulty our, our healthcare system is, especially towards women. And I no longer wanted to do things in a volunteer capacity. I wanted to make some drastic changes and challenge any liberal that had their lies and distortions and give them a real reality check as to uh, things that happen in this world based on their lies and distortions, things that can be avoided. Well, and you mentioned that, you know, one of the drawing parts of your personality that the part of your personality that people are drawn to are where you stand on a lot of issues. Can you take us through that? Uh, you know, what are your top three issues? you mentioned healthcare. Uh, is that in the top three? And if not, what are your top three issues? Healthcare is definitely one of my top issues. Um, we need to, certainly Washington has to do their part. We can't, as, as, a, as a state alone, tackle this. There's things we can do in the state to improve. Uh, Washington certainly needs to fix health care, and, and we need to be able to purchase health care across state lines, which is when you open up the free market, it's going to really drop those prices down. But in the state of Texas, we can do some things. Uh, I'm definitely, as I said, I will always be a strong supporter of the Second Amendment. I believe wholeheartedly in our right to protect ourselves. Uh, another thing, as I said, I lived on the border 20 years. The person that attacked me was an illegal. And um, we need a border wall. We need tough immigration laws. We cannot allow just anyone and everyone to come into this country. It's unfortunate that some of the people are not coming in to do harm, but there's a very large percentage of trafficking that goes across those borders. We have sex trafficking, we have human labor trafficking, and children are being harmed. 
people like me are, are being harmed, have been harmed at by illegals, but you know, forget about the past. Currently we have too many children and people coming across hoping for the American dream. And, and they're not even getting anything close to that because they're being uh, trafficked and, and held against their will at, at some point. We, if we don't tighten our borders, the cartel's always going to have an incentive to, to do that. And it really is to protect those individuals. One of the main reasons we need tight border security. I don't think you're going to find a bigger ally uh, in that cause than, than governor Abbott. Uh, he certainly has made border security uh, one of his top priorities, ensuring funding uh, increases year over year uh, for, or at least session over session, each biennium, uh, appropriating a little bit more toward improving technology, getting more boots on the ground, uh, and giving them uh, the equipment that they need to adequately do that job. Uh, but as we speak of Governor Abbott and this district in particular, which uh, covers the heart of Austin, Correct. what are your thoughts on the back and forth that has seemed to have occurred pretty regularly between Mayor Adler and Governor Abbott? And do you think, based on some of Austin's most glaring problems at the moment, that it's time for the state to step in? in Austin regarding the homeless issue. I mean, that's, that's definitely one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, absolutely. I I'm on governor Abbott's side on this, Uh, what they have done Adler and city council, they've created absolute lawlessness. And I, like I said, I, I owned a business. I sold it last August and I think they, they, um, certainly changed the uh, ordinance in July where it, they pretty much had free reign, the homeless. And I noticed an immediate change just within one month. And I couldn't have been happier that I sold my business after that, even though, you know, I had wanted to and planned to do that. But I certainly didn't look back one second after that was passed. And I think we need, the state's going to have to take control of the situation because Adler or city council, they are not going to back down very much on this. They've allowed, uh, they've changed things to where these homeless people can get out on personal recognizance bonds and they don't show up for court. That is exactly what happened. As Abbott said, that first crime, that first murder we had at the beginning of the year was a homeless person who had multiple offenses and ended up murdering someone. So we're, the state's going to have to come in and take control because I don't think we're going to get anywhere. And you talk about this, as I've said um, to many people, when they've asked me, you're running in a blue district. And I said, no, not anymore. It's not red nor blue. It's a fed up district. I have many, many friends downtown that have historically voted blue. And I tell you what, they are angry. They are so angry at this. And it's an unfortunate situation, but if there's any time that we can switch this piece, it's now because there are too many people of all political affiliations very upset about this. Yeah, I and the governor has already promised that or has come right up to the line, at least, and saying that the legislature will be taking up this issue in particular 
uh, and trying to figure out how to prevent uh, what's happening in San Francisco and uh, LA, other parts of the country where, you know, things have been pretty well managed, but to just take your foot off the gas completely uh, the way Austin has on this issue, uh, it just seems irresponsible and an abdication of responsibility. Um, it's completely irresponsible. So what do you think it's going to take to get people active. You know, as you go forward, you went, if you win the primary in March, what do you think it's going to take to get people active and to change their minds on the way they vote in this district? I think it's going to take getting out there and really speaking to a lot of people and explaining, um, they already know how the homeless issue has affected them. I don't even think I need to tell them about that in regards to the effect. They see it on a daily basis. Offer them some solutions, and there are solutions, um, and speak to them about the other issues. I'm not here to completely change this area. It, it is a, I would say, most pe- some people think it's a far left, but I, I live, I think it's a moderate area. There's some things that they won't budge on, but I think if someone were to get out there and speak to them and, and let them know that I, I'm not here to, uh, to go far right. I'm, I'm actually moderate in many, I'm, I'm socially liberal and fiscally conservative. I, I'm not here to, um, I welcome all is my point. And it's just going to take getting that message out and know, and them knowing that they can trust me, and I, I will do what is right for the district. So, are there any other issues that voters have been bringing up to you as you're out there knocking doors, or you're, you know, going to events and, and speaking about your platform? What are some of the issues that voters themselves are bringing to you? Um, probably the. Uh, we talked about homelessness. That's another, that's one that they bring up. And, and probably next would be that I hear is property taxes. You know, it's, they're constantly rising. So I would say property taxes would be the next issue that's brought up the most. Did you find it at all disingenuous of mayor Adler not to pile onto him, but I mean, this is his, uh, his area this district overlaps. Did you find it disingenuous for all of his complaints during session about the property tax reform measure? Uh, all while you had this major swath of homes that were going untaxed, uh, because of an old ordinance. Oh yes. Uh-huh. Yes. But I, I don't, he's, I, I don't find him to be, be very honest man to begin with. Um, so I'm not I'm not surprised uh, at all, really. All right. Well, as we wrap up here, uh, Janai, this is your chance to speak directly to voters to have a conversation, just one on one with them. To the people in this district, why should they support you on March third? Um, they should support me because I think I have a lot of the not only business experience, but personal experience to really be able to 
understand the needs of the people in this district. And I think that that's very important. All the, all my personal experiences as well. There's quite a few educated people out there, but you know, I have, I have a degree. My degree was, I went to school down on the border. Uh, I was pre-med, but I've had 20 plus years of business experience and running a business. You learn how to be a problem solver. That's for sure. And I'm very, very uh, passionate about a lot of these issues because I, I don't want to see them impacting anyone else. It, it, there's things we can do to fix these these issues. And I think um, I will represent the needs of, of the district. Excellent. Well, if uh, people want to find out how they can volunteer or contribute or just be a part of your campaign, uh, where do they reach you? What's the best way to get a hold of you? Our website is com. My name is spelled J-E-N-A-I, and then it's F-O-R, Austin.com. com is our webpage. And there's information about volunteering, donating, uh, everything that all, all my platforms, everything about the campaign is there. And all your social media, you're, you're doing all of those things. Austin's a young town, you know? Yes, we are. And everything is denied for Austin. So on Instagram, I'm denied for Austin on Facebook. I'm denied for Austin. Um, I'm, you know, I have my own personal Facebook, which is under my name, deny Arizona Hales, but, uh, even Twitter, everything's denied for Austin. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for coming on. We wish you the best of luck in the primary. And uh, if you are successful, let's uh, see about having you come back on as we get closer to November so we can give you a little bit more time to update us on what voters are uh, getting activated on. Okay. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. Have a great day. All right. Thank you again to Janai for coming on. Uh, we appreciate her taking the time. If you want to find out more about her, you can go to Janai for Austin uh, on Facebook, or you can go to her website, Janai for Austin.com. You can also email her Janai at Janai for Austin.com. Uh, that again, her first name is J E N A I. We appreciate her. We appreciate all of our candidates who have come on to the big Texas podcast. Uh, there's still plenty of time. We've got more candidates that are, uh, we'll be releasing interviews over the next three weeks as we gear up for early voting starting next week on the 18th and move forward to the March 3rd primary. And beyond that, we've still got more candidates to talk to because we're far from this ride being over. Uh, we thank you for listening. If you want to follow our uh, activities, make sure you hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at Big Texas Podcast. As always, make sure you're following Texas Young Republicans on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Texas YRs. And if you want to get involved uh, in 2020, you want to find your place to volunteer and get active in these uh, contested races, go to texasyr.gop. That's the Young Republicans website where you can sign up for all kinds of different campaign activities, follow our newsletter, uh, get all the details of what's going on with Texas YRs.
Friends, I'm having such a good time. If you are subscribing on iTunes, on Spotify, on YouTube, however you're getting this podcast, we thank you. Make sure you share it with your friends. Let other people know because uh, we got to get informed. We got to be prepared for what lies ahead in November 2020. Uh, and this is the best way for us to do it. Sit down and get to know these candidates. So until then, friends, we'll see you down the road.